Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Strive Asset Management. They just put out a list of five questions. In fact, I sent it out yesterday in our uh, newsletter. Um, I want you to ask your financial advisor a few simple, simple questions. Is my money being used in the last few years to vote for the kind of policies that I don't agree with? Um, Are you basing it on ESG at all? Racial equity audits, uh, carbon emission caps. The answer most likely will be, I don't know. That's not good enough. Vivek Ramaswamy is a friend of mine. He founded uh, Strive, and he's trying to fix that problem. Visit Strive.com. Get the list of five questions to ask your financial advisor. I really want you to do it because we are funding our own destruction. Go to Strive.com right now. Just see the list. They're not selling you anything. Just see the list of questions. Then ask your financial advisor about your retirement fund and, uh, you know, how your money is being managed right now. Education and knowledge is power. Strive.com. Go there now, read the five questions, and ask your uh, investment advisor, strive.com. to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. So we have wondered for a while, how do all these corporations, why are they going woke? How does that help them? The answer has always been follow the money. Perhaps that is, is just as simple as that. A whistleblower, co-founder of TrueMed, a guy who was in the room with Coca-Cola as they paid millions to the NAACP to label parents racist if they opposed sugary diets. It is quite a story. Kelly Means joins us in 60 seconds. So the main reason why I feel it's necessary to prepare for a disaster as I come on this program, I encourage you to look into putting some of your money into gold or silver. The main reason is I'm a student of history. I have seen how certain things, especially the really bad things, tend to happen over and over again. And we repeat mistakes. We might relabel them. You know, money printing is now modern monetary policy. 
it's still the same bullcrap that it was in the 1930s. It won't work. We are not living in a capitalist society. We haven't lived in a capitalist society for quite some time. We're a hybrid. And we're at the breaking point of that. And the way our Fed has managed our money supply is completely reckless. Completely reckless. So what are you going to do? I have shored up myself and my family uh, with gold and silver. Now, it's not like don't put everything you have in it. Don't do anything crazy. You want to spread your risk out across many things because you don't know what tomorrow brings. Goldline has an awesome special that I want you to look into with every tube of the new quarter ounce Mayflower Gold Commemorative. This is to commemorate the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower. They're beautiful coins. You're going to receive 100 of the same Mayflower copper rounds at no additional cost. Don't wait to call. These are going to sell out. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. All right. Uh, you know, I don't think we understand uh, why these companies do what they do. And I think the first the first time that we saw uh, company, or we should look to seeing where companies change was Occupy Wall Street. Those banks were were being protested and they sat in front of the streets and most people think, ah, it just died out. No, I believe that there were deals made. Look, leave us alone and we'll help you do X, Y, or Z. Um, there are very few giant corporations, I think that are true to, you know, uh, even their advertising, you know, I want to teach the world to sing. Do you Coke? Um, we have Callie Means on uh, the phone with us now. He is the co-founder of True Med, and he's a whistleblower on Coca-Cola. Hello, Callie. How you doing, Glenn? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Um, so tell me your tell me your story from the beginning before we get into the Coca-Cola. Tell me who you are, where you came from, and and how you got here. Yeah, I was born and raised uh, in the swamp. I was born and raised in Georgetown, uh, very ideological, uh, worked in politics early in my career, uh, worked for John McCain, got into, you know, most people after the campaigns get into consulting. Uh, then I found myself in the rooms with pharma executives, soda executives, and seeing some very alarming things. So um, slowly, slowly got out of that, got more into entrepreneurship, and um, just kind of grounded in that public policy standpoint had become very passionate, I think. I think when you look at what's happening with kids, 25% of young adults having prediabetes, what's happening to the health of Americans, there's something being rigged and it's a first order issue because, you know, depression and, and disease is, is just skyrocketing, life expectancy is declining. And, and I really tied it back to my early experience and, um, you know, have, have a new company that's trying to change those incentives. But, uh, you know, with the new son and looking at the world he's going into, I uh, felt the need to speak out. Okay, so you were, um, and were you on the side of Coca-Cola at the time? when they were talking about, you know, the sugary drinks and, uh, and snap. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's not a, not a big lobby for, for diabetic children, but, uh, you know, so, so Coke's throwing a lot of money around, uh, in DC and the consultants are almost, you know, universally on the side of the, the soda companies, the American beverage associations, the various front groups and, and, and pharma. And so what, so what happened? You were, you were there and you were fighting for 
Coca-Cola or big soda. And you were in the room. And and what did you witness? Yeah, I think I think this is really instructive, and and it's from it's from 2012, and, and instructive now because this is up for debate again. But you know, th- this was around food stamps. So food stamps is a program that 15% of the American people uh, depend on for nutrition. We can debate whether it's a good program or not, but it's there. And uh, shockingly, 10% of that is spent on uh, sugary drinks. 10% of a 110 billion dollar government nutrition program. It's a material part of Coke and Pepsi's revenue. And logically, people were questioning that, and Coke wanted to keep the status quo. So the playbook they used uh, is the playbook, you know, as old as time and absolutely still used today. And it's a, th- it's a three-part stool. The first was uh, identifying civil rights organizations, in this case, uh, the NAACP. And what was shocking being in the, in the room uh, as, as, you know, kind of, a, kind of a bad scene. I mean, these old, you know, Coke executives basically dictating what the NAACP should say. It's very transactional. They say the quiet part out loud. Um, Coke gave the NAACP millions of dollars, and they explicitly uh, agreed to call opponents, in this case, parents who are concerned their children are, you know, ingesting 100 times more sugar than they did 100 years ago, racist. Uh, It's that simple. Uh, But it's bipartisan. The second leg of the stool was, you know, we paid off um, pay to play conservative think tanks uh, on the left and the right. But the Heritage Foundation is a big player. You know, the pay-to-play scheme, and it's basically a corporate-owned entity ordering a study from the Heritage Foundations, like going to McDonald's and ordering a Big Mac. You get whatever you want. Um, and then the third wait, 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 wait. I want to make sure I understand this. You're saying that uh, part of of you know big corporations' plans, which I absolutely believe, is to order studies, and oh, yeah. but they they go to the Heritage Foundation. One of them, you say they're on both left and right, but one of them was oh, the yeah, Heritage absolutely. Foundation. Yeah, and I think it's important to call out. I mean, the elites on both sides are getting bought off. And yeah, the, the way it works at the Heritage Foundation is you, you, you get a, a fundraising point. The fundraising point escorts the Coke executives or the farm executives into the Heritage Foundation to meet with the scholar. You talk high-level concepts. And then the fundraising point, you know, basically guarantees that a study is going to say what they want it to say. And they, uh, there's an exchange of funds. Uh, interestingly, and I think importantly, I also have seen, you know, oil companies and other you know, special interests pay the Heritage Foundation and other conservative think tanks to not call something a tax. I mean, you know, Grover Norquist, Heritage Foundation, this whole D.C. influence, uh, you know, network actually has redefined often what a tax is. So, so you can actually buy publicity to rail against a tax, of course, but you can also pay these organizations to redefine something as not a tax that benefits them. There was something that I saw um, that I talked about in the first hour of today's podcast of of uh, there's this new study out by the, you know, Greening of the World Foundation or whatever it is, a global warming foundation, new study that shows that uh, gas stoves and all natural gas should be taken out of homes because it's too dangerous for kids with asthma. And the first thing I thought was, oh, really? The global warming study came back with that. What a a surprise. Um, And everything that we do now in politics is based on some study and you're saying you can't trust the study from either side well you know i think i think that's very importantly and, and i think global warming's a great example when there's trillions of dollars at play um you have you can guarantee that uh, financial interests are rigging the institutions that trust and i think I think the third place we went on this on this stop that's that's the playbook is I, I think actually the most important and I think the least understood. Um, large, you know, prominent elite research universities mm. 
in my opinion, are nothing more than public relations entities of corporate yes. interests. Um, They're exactly you, you what to... Eisenhower warned about in yeah. his farewell address. Exactly. I mean, he said big military industrial corporations and educations will just mm-hmm. start selling out and producing the studies that corporations or the government wants. Yeah, well, there's nothing more prominent or unimpeachable still today in the media on the left and the right as like a peer reviewed study from an elite research institution. But you've got to ask who's funding these studies. You can have a peer reviewed study, say whatever you want. You can ask whatever question you want. You can structure the study however you want. So I think what's really relevant for this issue I really care about, which is the nutrition, the hijacking of, of, of American nutrition, is, you know, the disastrous 1990s food pyramid. Um, that was on foundational research from Harvard University, from the head of nutrition at Harvard University, directly paid for by sugar. You know, it leads up to today to the latest NIH-funded, uh, it's called the Food Compass, the most, they, they hail, heralded it as the most uh, most complex and, and important uh, nutrition study, you know, in modern times. It says Fruit Loops are more nutritious than eggs. Um, and it is directed <laughs> by, uh, by processed food companies. Uh, it says Honey Nut Cheerios is more uh, more nutritious than organic ground beef. So, um, so that, that's still wow. what we're getting. And you look at it, um, Coca-Cola and processed food companies, uh, spend 11 times more money on basic nutritional research, funding basic nutritional research universities than the NIH. And even the NIH is just a grant making organization. And in the case of this food compass, I just mentioned is actually often more often than not funding professors who, who have other financial incentives to the topic they're studying. So, so really we, we need to absolutely like, like, again, I, I'm looking at like PR consultants at Washington, you know, dictate to prominent professors uh, what they should be finding in their research. It's, it's, it's pretty unsettling. So how do we fix this or what do we trust as a uh, I mean, I, personally, I think there is some common sense in some people alive today that would say, you know, let's just let's hey, how about uh, how about moderation in all things mm-hmm. would be a good place to start. Um, but what do you trust if there's if all of these institutions are blown? Yeah, so, so I'll talk. I, I think health is, is a specific area that, that I think is impactful to everyone and gives a framework. Um, but let's look at what hap- has happened in health in the past 40 years. I think the patient has been systematically disempowered and in fear, and the, really by extension in the American people, right? It's like, don't, don't self-diagnose. Don't trust, you know, tr- you, you don't question the science. Trust the science. You know, the American patient has been battered into, like, not questioning anything and basically in total fear. So, you know, the first step, and, and, and this is why it's important to get this out there, is, is to wake up a little bit, is to ask, look around your children's classroom, look at the fact that most children are obese. You know, as I said, 25% have prediabetes, which used to be called adult onset diabetes. You know, look, look at what's happening to the health of the adults and just start questioning things a little bit and question when you see that news article with the new peer-reviewed study uh, and question whether it makes sense that Fruit Loops are more, you know, healthier than eggs or, or beef. Um, so so that, that's the first part. Um, and I think that is happening. I mean, I think we've got a lot of people uh, speaking out. I, I'm encouraged that a, a lot of folks, uh, you know, nutrition's been an issue on the left, but I think the right's really waking up, you know, looking at male sperm count plummeting 50% in the past 40 years. I mean, that, what do you think very, that's caused by? Any idea? Yeah, I don't think it's very complicated, Glenn. I, 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 think, I think, you know, the, the, the foundation of the American diet right now, the foundation 
is processed grains, which which is basically weaponizing you know whole grains to take the fiber out, which which basically makes it immediate sugar impact in the blood, makes the food addictive. You know, seventy percent of food is processed food, which is the foundation is processed grains. Seed oils, which is a very refined, cheap oil, and added sugar. Seed oils and processed grains didn't exist a hundred years ago. These are new inventions. These are processed inventions. And then added sugar really didn't exist until a hundred years ago. Uh, it's gone up a hundred x in a hundred years. Um, so, so really, the foundation of the American diet it, it has been weaponized to be highly addictive, highly inflammatory, um, and uh, and it's just evolutionarily we're not made to do. And we're and we're being we're being gaslit, right? You know, just 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 yesterday, the American Association of, uh, of Pediatrics, which is a you know wholly owned subsidiary of pharma, but still a trusted institution said that to combat this obesity that uh, preteens are experiencing, they should get a, a weekly or monthly injection for the rest of their lives, this oh new gosh. big pharma obesity cure. So, so, so it's like, I, I really think that there's this axis uh, where food companies have basically weaponized food. Everyone's you know, getting sick. Everyone's getting overweight. But, but our trusted medical institutions turn a blind eye because there's a trillion dollars spent on stats now, metformin. You know, all these drugs, interestingly, all these things these drugs are treating have gone up. A diabetes has right. gone up, heart disease. So, so there's, this, there's this blind eye from the medical system. So to answer your question, you know, it's education. There's also some public policies. We have some crony capitalist um, uh, systems. I mean, huh. and, this, and this you can take to any <laughs> You think? Hang on, you. hang on just a second. Hold, hold on for just a second. I want to come back. Let me just take one minute to tell you about Relief Factor Sleep. Um, if you have trouble sleeping at night, getting to sleep, the last thing I want to take is some, some drug. I don't, I don't want to take a drug. I don't want to, and they always whack you out, but there are times when you just toss and turn and toss and turn. Um, about four or five months ago, uh, relief factor came to me and they said, Hey, we have this new sleep thing. Do you have problems sleeping? And my wife really does. I do as well. Um, and it is completely, uh, natural. There's no drugs in it, and all it does is really just kind of just reduce the uh, uh, distress and uh, and help you relax a little bit. But I take a couple of them before I go to sleep, and, man, I have the best night's sleep, and I wake up refreshed. Again, it's all natural. Unleash the power of great sleep by calling 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. Go to relieffactor.com. Dream big, sleep tight uh, with Relief Factor Sleep. 10 seconds, station ID. I mean, it is it is so clear to me, uh, at least we're talking to Cali Means. Um, he is the co-founder of True Med. You can follow him uh, at Cali Means, spelled with a, a C, CaliMeans.com as well. Um, it is so clear to me when you look at us compared to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. something is up with our diet. It is clear. Mm-hmm. And Mm-hmm. Even common sense tells you we didn't grow up with peanut allergies. We didn't have gluten-free right. everything. We've done something really bad to our food and our diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Glenn. And, and to me, you know, I, you know, growing up as a as a conservative, you know, considering considering that my philosophy, I, I think I think it's good people are waking up on this because to me, it's a first order issue. If we care about individual liberty. 
right? The, the most important thing is the, is the ability of our uh, brains. And I'm not going to try to get too deep here, but like, yeah. like our brain, diabetes is cellular dysfunction. It is literally the cells malfunctioning. 80, 20% of the cells are in our brain. Like, like we are basically like, like, like that is the first order issue of like our human capital. Um, and it's, it's not just people being overweight, you know, depression is skyrocketing. Infertility is off the charts. As mm-hmm. I mentioned, the male sperm count, uh, PCOS, the leading cause of female infertility is is, is, is off the charts. Um, we, we really are facing, you know, and getting exponentially sicker, fatter, more depressed and more infertile. And, uh, and that's a first order issue. And it's, it's, and then, and then you get to the market and, and people say, well, we don't want, you know, Coke, it's free choice. People, I'm all for it. I'm libertarian. Like let's have people drink Coke. It shouldn't be paid for with tens of billions of dollars of a government program. That's not a free market. That's a rigged system. Correct. So right now we have rigged the system and you do not have a free market you know, and I think conservatives, even even some some very you know well-meaning, smart conservatives that that, that I know, you know, if you even mention taking food uh, coke away from food stamps, it's oh, oh that that that's patriarchal. No, no, what's happening right now? The system is rigged right now. The system is rigged to give a twelve-year-old an injection of a pharma drug. Uh, instead of talking to them you, um, and working with the parents to, to get them healthier. You are preaching to the choir, especially with ESG and everything else. They are planning on redesigning our food, what food is good for us, what's not, and it is all fixed. I mean, I can't get conservatives um, who are in power uh, to understand, and maybe it's because they're on the take, that this is not messing with the free market. ESG is messing with the free market. You've got the government and corporations designing where they want the world to go, and we're not really offered the choice. We're being told lies, fake studies, or paid-for studies, uh, and then we're then we just find ourselves in this situation. And I think it's getting extraordinarily dangerous. Absolutely, um, absolutely, and and you just you know you you look at Bill Gates being the largest farm owner yeah. know, in the country, you know, making processed food. It's just like you kind of start you know, going through the, and it's, it's, um, you don't want to be too conspiratorial, but you know, what is happening to the American people? And, you know, just to your, just to your question about what people do. I mean, I think, I think hopefully, you know, people are listening to this and, and it's been a big awakening for me in the past couple of years and just waking up and starting asking questions. Um, I think there's one actual public policy, you know, thing you got to, you got to ask with your public policy, what, what, uh, helps people stay healthy. And I actually think it's a good policy, the FSA, HSA, which is a very underlooked, these tax-free accounts. What our company's doing is you can actually buy food and exercise tax-free. Food and exercise actually often is the best medicine. And most people don't even understand that. You can actually literally like qualify food and exercise and other lifestyle as, as medicine, save 30 40% with with your FSA, HSA account. Holy cow. I I didn't, I'm not aware of that. I'm out of time. Can I have you back? I'd like to do a a podcast with you, Callie, um, because I think this is vital information. Callie, thank you so much for being on the program. Co-founder of TrueMed, Callie Means. Back in just a second with the changing of the guard in Florida education. Christopher Rufo joins us next. Program. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile is on the front lines of the parallel economy right now. They are offering service with all three major networks, which means that if you're with the big three and you like their service, but you hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. 
This comes with a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch among the big three carriers for free. Look, Patriot Mobile uh, is on the same cell towers as everybody else. They make it really, really simple. Um, instead of taking some of their profits uh, and using it towards, you know, abortion and fighting for wokeness, they're fighting for the Constitution. They're fighting for life. They're America's only Christian conservatives, conservative wireless provider. And they take this as a mission. So please consider switching. 100% U.S.-based customer service will make it easy to switch right now. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Free activation offer code Beck. patriotmobile.com slash Beck or 972-PATRIOT. It's time to subscribe to Blaze TV. Get involved. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Florida, Ron DeSantis announced on Friday, is taking back education. And he is changing the Board of Regents for the new College of Florida, which is a progressive university that's been floundering in lies for a while. Did I say that out loud? Um, and uh, and uh, so the, the, the Dean of Hillsdale is now part of the Board of Regents. Um, Christopher Rufo is uh, also a part of that. You might know who Christopher Rufo is. He has been the guy who has relentlessly been exposing um, DEI and uh, CRT and you name it. He has been uh, the the linchpin and leading force against all of that. Uh, he joins us now, Christopher Rufo, a known uh, Nazi supporter. Uh, I'm sorry, with some more research, I in the Washington Post would like to retract that last statement as being utterly false. Christopher, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. I can't keep up with all the retractions. You just got another one from the Washington Post, and who else do? Jonathan Shade as well. Yeah. Chris, can you walk yeah, us through it, it, the litany? <laughs> yeah, so this is something that just keeps happening, and even in the last... 48 hours, I've gotten a major retraction from the Washington Post. They wrote this ridiculous hit piece against me about my appointment to the Board of Trustees at New College. Uh, the editors admitted to me and then had to retract four false statements. Uh, and there was only four paragraphs in the story that were about <laughs> me. So they were actually one false, one, one complete brazen lie per paragraph. Um, wow. And then the following day, which was yesterday, I spent all day hounding uh, Jonathan Chait from the New York uh, Magazine, and he too ended up retracting a, a completely false statement. He made up a quotation, uh, attributed it to me, and then I said, well, where, where did I say this? He couldn't prove it, had to retract it. But here's the thing, Glenn, both of these publications have done the exact same thing twice. Last year, the Washington Post had to retract multiple false statements about my reporting on critical race theory. Mm -hmm. uh, also last year, Jonathan Chait, the same author, made up a quotation that he attributed to me that was totally false, had to retract it. I'm starting to think that these things aren't a coincidence. <laughs> what do you think, Glenn? Yeah, well, I, I don't go too far out on a limb on that. You know, they know, the press knows, they can say anything and retract, and the retraction doesn't matter. The charge is out there. 
and uh, the print is out there and it's online and it'll be forever online. And that will be the part that is passed around about you. I, I mean, it, we are dealing with really nefarious powers at work. Um, that know exactly how to smear and discredit people. So let me go, let me take you to Florida here. Um, how did this unfold with New College, and what exactly are you trying to do and the governor trying to do with um, education in Florida? Uh, so New College is Florida's smallest public university. It's in, on the beach, actually, in Sarasota, beautiful location. Um, but it's had struggles for years. It's failed to meet recruitment targets. It's at about half capacity. Um, they can't get students in. They accept almost anyone, but very few ch students choose to enroll in the college. Um, they've had uh, this kind of broken culture for a number of years in which even, you know, professors and staff members are kind of uh, uh, at odds with the students who are uh, a very kind of left-wing progressive activist. It's almost like Evergreen State mm. out in Washington State that famously imploded a number of years ago. And the Florida legislature in recent years has considered actually just abolishing the college, uh, totally defunding it, and transferring its assets elsewhere in the system. But Governor DeSantis had a kind of bold and dramatic alternative. He said, let's bring in a new board of, direct a new board of directors. Let's get some really smart people that have the kind of strength that's required to do a reform effort. And let's turn it around 180 and transform New College, this fledgling, struggling public university, into what they're calling the Hillsdale of the South. So a classical institution of learning, of higher education. And that is our task. It is a big vision. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but I think all of us on the board of trustees are excited to make it happen and to show conservatives. It's time to stop seeding territory. Thank you. It's time to actually start taking back territory. Thank and you. And it starts here with New College. I, I will tell you, Christopher, we, the biggest mistake we made was seeding the colleges and just saying, you know what, when they get out into the real world, no, they're out in the real world now and they've changed the real world into this fantasy gobbledygook that they got from these universities. We have got to start taking them back. I have two kids ready to go to college. I don't know where to send them. I, I and and I'm I'm terrified of sending them any. But one of them wants to be an an actress. Good Lord, I've done everything I can. I prayed on my knees for days on end. Please make that wish go away. She's really good. She wants to do it. I can't send her into, you know, the lion's den. I, I, we need to take back education. Absolutely. But I think that I may be a bit more optimistic. I think there are really two key strategies that people need to adopt. First is you have to make your own kids as strong as possible so they yeah. can actually go into the lion's den. You know, yeah. I, when my kids turn 18, I have three kids at home and I want that. I want to feel confident that wherever they go, they're going to have their, their own principles. They're going to have their integrity. They're going to have the strength and sophistication to navigate those environments. But of course, uh, the, the kind of even maybe more important solution in the larger sense is for us to create alternatives in education. And look, we need to create alternatives in K through 12. We need charter schools. We need uh, universal school choice. So vouchers so parents can start their own home schools or religious mm -hmm. schools, whatever they want to do matches their values. And then higher education, you know, has been really kind of seeded to the left since the mid to late 1960s. That's when everything turned. Yep. Um, and, 
look, conservatives have not figured out how to do it. I think that the problem, what I'm observing as I'm talking to people and navigating this new, this new enterprise is that the adults are scared of the kids, you know, really and truly. They're, they're scared of the, the students. They're scared of the media. They're scared of all the you know, laptop people you know, typing away um, at the New York Times. you got to get over that. It's like you have to get over that. And I think that what we want to demonstrate with this is that we have the strength, we have the courage, we have the backbone. We're going to hang very tough. Um, We're going to make a better university. Uh, It's going to be more competitive. It's going to be more rigorous. It's going to have higher quality academic offerings. And I think that what we've seen with Hillsdale College, where I've been fortunate enough to teach a course uh, recently, Mm. is that the American families are hungry for this kind of education. They are. They want that classical liberal arts education. They want students to kind of fall in love with learning. Um, and they don't want to have this poisonous left-wing ideology and left-wing bureaucracy drenching everything in their way. I don't want my kids to be taught what to think. I want my kids to be taught how to think. You know what I mean? How to find the answers, how to question, how to reason. That's what I want a university to do, and that's what they should be doing, pushing you in every different direction so you see that, you know, you should question everything and know how to question and know how to prove something uh, using critical thinking. But that's not what we're getting from our universities. Um, so how, how, how are you? Because this is a very progressive school. How are the uh, professors and uh, everybody else taking it at the school? Do you know? Are you going to just shut it down and then rehire? You know, the, the, the students, of course, are very rambunctious. Uh, they're, they're in a kind of agitated mode. They're ready to protest and ready to, uh, to uh, make their voices heard. I, I, I like that. I think that's healthy. I'm excited mm-hmm. to engage with them as I go to visit the college in the coming weeks. Um, but, you know, what I've heard behind the scenes uh, is that professors are chattering uh, that this is actually a very good opportunity. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like what's happening in universities, people who are in science and math departments that are more apolitical, people who are kind of in the m- political moderate section. They don't like what's happening just as much as we as the conservatives don't like what's happening, but they're not strong enough to create a defense for themselves. So they just give up. We're going to create that space for people. And I've looked at the CVs for a lot of the faculty at uh, New College. I've done an analysis, actually, of all the full-time faculty. There are some incredible scholars there, people who are substantive. They have Ivy League university degrees. They've written on the classics, Greek, Latin, history, political science, an incredible math department. And so there is a a, a very, very strong core of, of faculty and staff that are absolutely ready for this change. Uh, I, I think they're going to, you know, once they, uh, you know, kind of put down the New York Times and, 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 and have a chance to talk to us, the new board of trustees in person, uh, I think they're going to be reassured that we're going to create a better university. Um, there are going to be hard changes. We're going to restructure it. We're going to bring in a totally new curriculum. Um, we're going to be abolishing the DEI programming immediately. Um, but, but after those changes, after that period of tumult and conflict, um, I think it's going to be a great place. And hopefully when your kids are approaching 18, you'll consider sending them to new college. So, um, Christopher, I, I'm just sitting here listening to you and, and seeing the opportunity and the impact that you have made. And it's kind of it's fun um, to watch you, uh, because when I first reached out to you, 
I reached out to you as the contributing editor of City Journal to talk to us about what was happening in Seattle. And you were just at the yeah. beginning of all of this. And and now look at the impact that you have made and the impact that you're going to make. Um, and this is just really the beginning. How do you how, do you ever think about like, holy cow? I mean, I took something on that should have been deadly. Everybody probably told you, don't don't do that. And look at what look what's happened. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I appreciate that, and it's been fun that we've been able to check in really since the beginning through this whole process, and uh, it's been really fun. And I've learned a lot of lessons. Um, you know, as you know, it's it's sometimes uh, uh, challenging. It's difficult, um, but I, I love it. I wake up every day excited about what I'm doing. I wake up every day optimistic about the possibilities, and then. I've been able to do something that uh, I, I didn't plan on, but it's been really fruitful. I've been able to connect my ideas, my policy work, my journalism, uh, my activism uh, with people like Governor Ron DeSantis, who have said, hey, this is a good vision. Let's let, let's let this guy loose and uh, and see if we can actually use these ideas. And so I, I'm really kind of blessed and fortunate and feel very lucky to have able to not just sit in a think tank, you yeah. know, in, in, in New York City writing white papers, but actually say, hey, let's, you know, let's use these ideas. We believe in them enough to actually do them. And I think that's the key thing. It's like, I believe in this enough where I actually want to do it. I want to stake my, my, my own, uh, uh, take, a, take a risk with my own time and reputation. Um, because I think at the end of the day, we're fighting for something that uh, most people want, um, but really most people feel there are a few champions for and I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to serve that purpose for people. Christopher, I know uh, I'm sure that we've asked you before, but I would love to do a uh, do at least an hour <clears throat> podcast with you because I think you are fascinating. You are really somebody who is is changing things. You're not just talking about it. You are actually changing things. Uh, and I would like to discuss in greater detail what the what the challenges are ahead and also where you get the, I feel good in the morning, uh, you know, where you get the bright spots in education. Cause there's a lot to move. So we, <laughs> we'd love to, yeah. we'd love to have you on it as a podcast. Thank you so much. Let's do it. Let's do it. You got it. Awesome. Chris, Christopher Rufo, contributing editor, city journal, senior fellow of the Manhattan Institute, and now on the new board of regents, uh, for new college of Florida, uh, because uh, Ron DeSantis is taking on education in a big way now in Florida. What is my governor doing? What are other governors doing? In the... It's a really good plan. I mean, just, you could steal it. I mean, I'm sure he would give it to you. You could just steal this plan and do it in your own state. I'm just saying. What you put on the table for your family matters. That is the fruit of your labors, the proof of the promise that you'll provide for them. And all too often, when it comes to the meat you buy, it's coming from overseas, if you can afford it. If buying meat that is sourced from local farms right here in America is something that matters to you, and it definitely should, uh, otherwise we're going to have more and more farms uh, brought to you by Bill Gates. You need to try Good Ranchers. Our meat industry is under attack, and this is a way to cut all of that crap out. Support the Good Ranchers in America. 
it's uh, not only that all of their meat is grown here in the U.S., but it's amazing quality. And right now you can get two pounds of chicken free in every box for a year when you subscribe. Get a year's worth of chicken for free when you subscribe to any Good Ranchers box at GoodRanchers.com. GoodRanchers.com. Subscribe today. Use the promo code GLEN to claim your free chicken for a year and $20 off your first box. Promo code GLEN with GoodRanchers.com. American meat delivered. This is the Glenn Back Program. Hey, Glenn, what's coming up right after a brand new episode of Stu Does America tomorrow? God, God, help me. That's, that's the, the people think uh, that that's just a normal conversation. Uh, oh, it sounded yeah, like it. it seems uh, really legitimate. Tomorrow's Glenn Beck program, oh. we are taking on uh, the threat to our food. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's interesting. This last hour, we've talked to a guy who, you know, is talking about the new food compass, not the food pyramid, food compass, that says that uh, Fruit Loops are better for you than eggs. Uh, notice it's grains and everything away from meat and dairy. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Um, we uh, we have that. We also told you the story early on in the podcast today about uh, the fact that Richard Trumpka, who's now with Consumer Protection Agency, is uh, talking now about getting rid of all gas stoves and any kind of gas appliance, really, because it's too dangerous in your home. Really? Uh, they are moving on our food and our energy. We just did a poll. What's the bigger U.S. national security threat? Gates, Bill Gates buying farmland, 28. China buying U.S. farmland, 68. And Russia's Ukraine invasion, 3.4%. Um, the, the threat to our food, the global takeover of America's land, Farmland Wars is our subject tomorrow night at 9 p.m. You can also get it at 9.30 on uh, YouTube.com slash Glenn Beck. Go there. Make sure you do not miss tomorrow. Farmland Wars, the global takeover of America's land. <laughs>